With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin says the islands could see the first shipment of COVID-19 vaccines in the first week of the new year. We anticipate receiving a sufficient number of vaccines in the first batch to immunize several thousand people. Additionally, government has contracted with the coronavirus COVAX facility organized by the International Vaccines Agency, Gavi, to provide further vaccines through this mechanism. In a statement in Parliament today, the Premier outlined preparations underway. He says the vaccine will be voluntary, with frontline workers and the elderly at the top of the list. Healthcare workers and institutional residents, because this reduces the risk of spread between caregivers and those they care for, and protects those that are not able to physically distance because of their situation. Frontline customer facing staff working at ports who are constantly exposed to the risks from travelers. Those over age of 60 and people suffering from conditions liable to put them at increased risk if they were to contract COVID-19. And workers who are essential for the continuity of government services. That's stage one. The second stage of the voluntary vaccination program will consist of the delivery of the vaccine to essential service workers, teachers, and school staff, and those living in the households of anyone from the stage one vaccination program. The Premier told members of Parliament he will be one of the first in line to take the vaccine, to lead by example, and to demonstrate his confidence in its safety. The Premier today also outlined the plans for further reopening the borders. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin has the details on that. After stage two of the vaccination program, about a month into the start of the overall program, government plans to further reopen the borders. All travelers entering the islands must be able to show that they have received an approved vaccine course against the virus, which causes COVID-19. This should have been completed before arrival. According to recommendations by the Public Health Department, they must also receive negative results from a PCR test upon arrival. People who meet these conditions will be exempted from quarantine if living in households where the other residents have also received a vaccine. All people who are exempted from quarantine in this manner, including their households, will undergo repeat testing on day 5, day 10, and day 15 following the arrival date. Regular PCR screening will continue with safety restrictions for healthcare workers, healthcare establishments, nursing homes, and prisons. Those involved in hosting travelers, including all port workers, hotel workers, restaurateurs, bar workers, leisure companies, taxi drivers, and anyone else working in tourism will be required to be screened for COVID-19 disease at regular intervals. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. In a statement, the Premier said additional PCR testing capacity by the Health Services Authority, Doctors Hospital and Health City Cayman Islands should be able to match any increase in demand. The HSA and Public Health will also continue to monitor the situation and promptly request any additional human capital resources needed to meet the goal. Director of Travel Cayman Dr. Tasha Ebanks-Garcia says that they beefed up security after a breach of isolation protocols at a government-sponsored isolation facility on Sunday. Prior to the breach, security officers were stationed on each floor where there are travelers, with one security officer on the outside of each exit. In addition, an RCIPS officer is also on duty at all times, and the RCIPS vehicle is parked in front of the facility. Security patrols via patrol vehicle are conducted every 30 minutes, and every 15 minutes there's an interchanging rotation among the security officers. Following a thorough assessment at the property, increased security measures have been introduced and five more officers will now secure 
the area outside. That raises the number of officers providing 24-hour security to 16. The traveler involved in the breach is required to complete their isolation period under 24-hour security as per the public health law. I understand there has been some concern with this latest isolation breach case from the general public and can appreciate those concerns. I would like to remind the public that in all cases, contact tracing takes place and all necessary individuals are contacted. During this process, public health officials determine if any further steps are required. That's Dr. Samuel Williams Rodriguez, Medical Officer of Health. He says public health can confirm the traveler in the breach has been tested for COVID-19. Due to confidentiality rights, we cannot share the individual status, but I would like to reassure the public that in this case, there is no longer a public health concern. The public can rest easy that we will always act promptly and to the highest standards. Dr. Samuel Williams Rodriguez says it is critical we follow isolation rules for everyone's safety. The traveler in the breach has been warned for intended prosecution and police are currently investigating the incident. They say a completed file will be sent to the Office of the Director of Public Prosecution for a decision. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee reports 344 COVID-19 tests have been carried out since our last report on Wednesday. Six were positive, including two from Kim and Brack. These individuals are asymptomatic travelers who returned their positive test results following routine screening. They will remain in isolation until considered recovered. The total number of people in isolation right now, 1,562. A new government guarantee loan scheme to help businesses hit by COVID-19 comes into effect. On the 14th of October 2020, the then Legislative Assembly approved government motion number 4-2020-2021, which allowed for a government guarantee to be issued in respect to a loan to, of a loan scheme to assist medium and large-sized businesses in dealing with the financial hardships of the COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking to MPs in Parliament on Wednesday, Finance Minister the Honorable Roy McTaggart said the plan has been reviewed by five local banks, the legal department and a private sector law firm. This program reinforces and underscores our commitment to help as many people and as many businesses as we can. Mr. Speaker, I am pleased to announce today that with effect from today's date, December 9th, four of the participating banks, namely Butterfield Bank, Cayman National, First Caribbean and Scotia Bank, will begin accepting applications under the loan scheme. The fifth bank, Royal Bank, will be accepting applications from Monday Medium and large-sized entities that meet the criteria and the size definitions may approach any of the participating banks to make an application for a loan under the scheme. The maximum amount each medium and large-sized business can borrow is up to $750,000 and $3 million, respectively. The government will provide a guarantee equal to 50% of any loan approved by a participating bank under the loan scheme for a medium or large-sized businesses. The purpose of the program is to help medium and large businesses meet their operating and capital expenditure needs, as well as any needed refinancing of existing debt. The Little Cayman District Committee of the National Trust receives a generous donation. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens reports. Chairman of the Little Cayman District Committee of the National Trust for the Cayman Islands, Gregory McTaggart, says Christmas has come early for the nonprofit organization. The trust had been looking at this land for for quite a while, and the Little Cayman District Committee was aiming to uh, raise funds for the purchase of the land uh, through our various fundraisers, which uh, this year got canceled due to COVID. And so anyway, it was quite fortunate that Mrs. Bridget Cassa stepped up and decided to, uh, to make this substantial donation. 
to go towards the purchase of the property. Land acquisition is one of the main ways the trust ensures preservation and protection of the Cayman Islands, and this land is of environmental importance. It's at the west end of uh, Little Cayman in the interior, prime sister island rocky guana habitat, and it's in close proximity to the largest known communal nesting sites for sister islands rocky guanas on Little Cayman in Preston Bay. So there's mature trees, all the varieties of native trees, and the uh, uh, Sister Islands variety of banana orchid. And it also adjoins other trust property, so it makes a continuous large, larger area, a protected area. Mrs. Bridget Casa donated $200,000 for the purchase of the 17-acre land. She's a longtime member of the trust. She's a founding member of the Little Cayman District Committee of the National Trust, um, and she's a very long-time resident of, of Little Cayman and very, very engaged and very, very concerned with uh, protecting uh, Little Cayman. This land also serves as a release area to relocate rock iguanas for their safety from moving vehicles. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. The property is currently under contract with more details to come on the terms of sale when closing takes place. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.